bill with the pandemic and uh, crazy election, I, I think that end times fever has been uh, at a real fever pitch. Um, I, I was reading an article the, the other day about how crazy society got and uh, how crazy things got when we turned to the year 1000. People thought that oh. that millennia was, was, was the end of the world, that there was something significant mm. about the year 1000. And in and, and, and mass, people gave away all their money. They, they sold their goods. Their, you know, it, it ruined the economy of villages. And then, boom, the year 1000 uh, occurred and nothing happened. Kind of like a Y2K. Or if you remember, yeah, I remember. All, all the fever about that as well. And so uh, there are a couple of uh, atheist bloggers who are complaining that we as believers don't participate in society effectively. In fact, we, we harm society because of our view on end times. If it's all going to end, there's no reason to pick up the trash, worry about the economy or the ecology or, or any of that. Have you run into this before, Bill? Oh, I've, I've heard people make this accusation, but I think there are no facts to support it. Let me read this. Jorn Polson writes on the Reasonable Faith Debunked Facebook page, and you may not have known that there was <laughs> such a page. I did not. Uh, he <laughs> said, when some folks are in a holding position awaiting the end of days, then those folks have no particular incentive to be particularly concerned with asteroid impacts, climate change, pollution, overpopulation, large outbreaks of dangerous maladies, and whatever. And this attitude may also rub off on others. When they're told that this end of days also is accompanied by demonic forces, then a natural human inclination is to look for associate changes accordingly, easily. Uh, that turns bad. In other words, uh, Bill, conspiracy theories. I do find that as well. Uh, everything is a conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory because the, the the devil is at work is the end times. When they're told that an almighty deity already has things in hand for the chosen or the righteous, then effects of our collective activities are easily overlooked or dismissed. Social legal constraints easily misassociated or misunderstood. And this can affect everyone regardless of what's believed or not. Hence, such faiths inadvertently become everyone's concern. Please be responsible. Now, that's the end of the article. And then he offers some scriptures to show that Christians should not isolate themselves. He, he quotes Genesis 1.28, that God said, Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth, replenish the earth. Uh, Genesis 9, 7, be fruitful, multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth, multiply. And he even uh, quotes Ecclesiastes, first chapter. It says, one generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. <laughs> so it's like, hey, Christians, it's not going anywhere. At the same time, Bill, we are to look forward to the coming of Christ. So what gives here? I think what you have here is a baseless opinion that Christians' belief in the second coming of Christ leads to social inaction, a lack of concern with one's fellow man, uh, ignoring 
the problems of society and seeking to help the poor um, and the disadvantaged. Um, and that is simply not borne out by the facts. Um, you notice that Poulsen didn't cite any sociological surveys, any statistics to bear out his view. And it's very easy, in fact, Kevin, to prove the contrary. For example, um, take Alvin Schmidt's book, which is called How Christianity Changed the World. Schmidt is a professor of sociology at Illinois College. And in this book, he shows the central role of Christianity in the development of hospitals, education, science, music, literature, family values, women's rights, and much, much more. Christianity has been the single most powerful force in human uh, history for improving the social welfare of mankind. This uh, fact was stated very powerfully by Kenneth Scott Latourette, who was a professor of church history at Yale University in his five-volume book, uh, History of the Expansion of Christianity. And what Latourette showed is that as Christianity expanded and grew throughout the globe, everywhere it went, it brought social reforms for the betterment of mankind. Let me just quote a passage here from Latourette's book, Kevin. He writes, we've had much to say of the effects of Christianity upon the collective life of mankind as a whole. Here has been the most potent force which mankind has known for the dispelling of illiteracy, for the creation of schools, for the emergence of new types of education. From Christianity have issued impulses for daring intellectual and geographic adventure. The universities were largely Christian creations. Music, architecture, painting, poetry, and philosophy have owed some of their greatest achievements to Christianity. Democracy as it was known in the 19th and 20th centuries, was in large part the outgrowth of Christian teaching. The abolition of slavery was chiefly due to Christianity. So too were the measures taken to protect the Indians against the exploitation of the whites. The most hopeful movements for the regulation of war for the mitigation of the sufferings entailed by war and for the eventual abolition of war owed their inception to the Christian faith. The nursing profession of the 19th century had the same origin and the extension of Western methods of surgery and medicine to much of the non-Occidental world was chiefly through the Christian missionary enterprise. The elevation of the status of women owed an incalculable debt to Christianity. No other single force has been so widely potent for the relief of suffering brought on by famine and for the creation of hospitals and orphanages." End quote. So that is the testimony of a great historian to the social impact of Christianity down through the ages. Uh, the belief in the second coming of Christ has in no way inhibited 
uh, Christians from being the pioneers of social reform and social improvement. And this is not just a historical matter either, Kevin. Uh, more recently, uh, a book was published by Arthur Brooks entitled, Who Really Cares? And what Brooks showed was that religious conservatives are those who are the most charitable, who give the most to help others, who volunteer the most uh, of their time to help others. Let me just read from a review here of Brooks' uh, uh, book. He says, um, drawing on some 10 data sets, Brooks is a sociologist. He finds that religiosity is among the best predictors of charitable giving. Religious Americans are not only much more likely to give money and to volunteer their time to religious and secular institutions, they are also more likely to provide aid to family members, return incorrect change, help a homeless person, and donate blood. In fact, despite expecting to find the opposite, Brooks concluded, and I quote, I have never found a measurable way in which secularists are more charitable than religious people. So don't listen to this uh, baseless opinion that Christians believe in the return of Christ leads them to otherworldly uh, lethargy and a failure to be involved in the social improvement of mankind. That is demonstrably false. Yeah. Bill, this kind of resonates with me because I, I think I may have discussed uh, this with you before, even in, in, in private when you and I were at lunch, that when I was in my uh, late teens and early 20s, I, I discovered that my end time view had kind of shut me down. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Late Great Planet Earth was the number one bestseller, you know, at the time. And nobody thought we'd see uh, the 80s, that, the, you know, the end of the, the world would be in the, the 70s and so on. But let me testify. See, the Holy Spirit is so gracious. He doesn't leave us to dangle like that. When we're seeking him and, and, and following him uh, to, the, to the best of our abilities and in his grace, because it wasn't very long at all that I realized, no, wait a minute, I have reason to be positive. Nobody has their eschatology down perfectly, and it snapped me out of it. So I didn't, I didn't languish in that view, Bill. Good. And I have found that throughout my, my life, throughout my Christian life, that God will, uh, he might allow us to go through some seasons and for his purposes and for our strengthening, but he never, uh, he's never allowed me to languish in this end times paralysis that, that you hear Good. about. So I just got to say what you just read bears that out too. Thank Thank the Lord, you know, for the church and for mature yeah. believers who will be the hands and feet of Christ. It, it does come up, and I get remembrances of how I felt as a young man when something like the pandemic comes along. And then you read in social media uh, from my fellow believers uh, a real negative, it's all shutting down, let's just, you know, give up, throw up, you know, put on our white robes and wait. Sure. Um, they represent an aberration that isn't the mainstream attitude of the church 
or of Christians, which continue to be involved as Brooks and uh, Schmidt both show in charitable giving, volunteering, supporting social reforms and so forth. Bill, as we wrap this up today, is there room in all eschatological views for being positive and for keeping our hands to the plow and not becoming paralyzed or shut down like this guy is? You know, absolutely nobody can read the Sermon on the Mount and the ethics of Jesus and be lethargic about loving one's fellow man and, and, and being engaged. Uh, I love it when Jesus says to the disciples, let us work while it is day, for night is coming when no man can work. Uh, and that drives me and motivates me, Kevin, in my own work. I thank God every day for one more day of life during which I can serve him, and I seek to do so with all of the energy that he inspires within me, because someday night is coming when no man can work. And so while it is yet day, let us work and strive to do the the work of the Lord with all of the zeal and the commitment that he inspires in us.